Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning to all of you today and happy Easter. It is great to have you today. I want to welcome everybody in Crookston as well. They're tuning in. For those of you in Crookston, we had such a great Sunday last. For some of you, maybe you don't know this, but we have... Uh, we're one church, Pastor Jared mentioned it, but we have a couple locations here. And then we just launched last week in Crookston. It was, I mean, it could not have been better. It was powerful, it was amazing. And so we're so thankful for all that's happening there. I wanna say hello to all of our online family. I know lots of people tuning in today locally, but maybe around this nation. And uh, anyway, happy Easter to all of you today. As I was driving here this morning, I thought about our, our kids are grown and have families of their own, but I was just thinking about some of the Easter egg hunts, and I thought there's really an incredible benefit about living up here in the Midwest, especially this year during season, because it's never been easier to hide Easter eggs, has it? (laughs) Never been easier. In fact, you don't even have to leave your house. You open up the windows and throw those eggs out the windows, (laughs) and your kids can look for them a long time, right, right? Try that bin, okay, okay. That'd be awesome, but we're going to be looking to Matthew chapter 28 today, uh, starting with one verse, reading a few verses today, but Matthew 28 says, now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, and and Mary just, uh, my Mary just talked about that, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. I think it's something that I've, over my years of just, you know, preaching, studying, uh, college, studying just as a pastor, something that I think I've overlooked is just a phrase that I just have assumed and have known, but I think there's a lot of significance in it, and this passage of scripture, and it's the thing, it talks about the morning of the first day of the week. It's Sunday morning in Jerusalem. Sunday morning here. In Jerusalem, it was Sunday morning. This, the week preceding this Sunday had been a really really, really long week for Jesus and his followers. On Sunday, the previous week, Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. The people, as they see him, they see him as, as, as like the Messiah. And so they're throwing down their coats so that Jesus on this donkey can ride on them. They're taking their palm branches and, and, and shouting the name Hosanna, which is save us, save us, save us. They're looking at him as the Messiah. That was on, that, that was on Sunday, On Monday, Jesus goes into the temple, and when he goes to the temple, he sees all these money changers, and and, and they're, 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 they're exploiting the poor. And this man, like, just goes in there, and he, he shakes it up. I mean, he turns over these tables and says, you know, you're not, that's not what this, don't you know that my house is to be a house of prayer for all the nations, but you've made it like a robber's den. And all of a sudden, like, wow, who is this guy? I mean, he garners a lot of attention. This guy's an incredible leader. He's willing to just, uh, 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 you know, throw into upheaval the status quo and all these religious leaders. That was on Monday. On Tuesday, Jesus travels to the Mount of Olives and he shares with, you can read there, there in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those first four books are called the Gospels. And you can read about it as he talks about the, these prophetic, the, the prophecy concerning the end times and his second coming. 
On Wednesday, there's not a lot known about, not a lot is said about Wednesday. Some scholars believe some different things occurred, but there's really not a lot in the, in, 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 in the Gospels written about it. Perhaps Jesus simply rested. I'm not sure. On Thursday, the tone of the whole week begins to change. He comes in on Sunday riding this donkey, and people are like, just, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's incredibly filled with energy. But on Thursday, the whole tone begins to change. On this day, Jesus gathers his disciples, and together they celebrate the Jewish Passover. And, and what the same thing is, it was the Last Supper. Later that evening, he takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He's just wrestling, he's just wrestling with what lies ahead of him. On Friday, he is betrayed, arrested, brutally beaten, crucified, and then buried. That's all on Friday. Saturday is the Jewish Sabbath. And so for the followers of Jesus Christ, it's a day of somber quietness. It's, it's a day of mourning because this one that we've been worshiping and following is now dead and he's, he's, he's buried. And now, now it's Sunday. So that's been, that's been from Sunday to Sunday. That's been the entire week. It's been a very, very eventful week for Jesus and his followers. And now this is Sunday, the first day of the week. And Mary Magdalene and the other women, they come to the tomb and they've prepared spices. When they come to the tomb, what, are the, what were the spices for? The spices are to prepare Jesus' body for final burial. They didn't come anticipating to see him alive. They came to, to, to see him in this grave. And so they bring these spices, gonna prepare his body for the final burial. And when they get there, they are met by an angel. Matthew 28, 2, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. Think about it. Jesus has been died, been placed in a tomb. Sometime in the night, a severe, a severe earthquake took place. Not only has the lives of the followers of Jesus Christ been completely shaken by the occurrences of their, of their leader, but, but their literal bodies have been shaken because there's this earthquake. I mean, everything is an upheaval. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's just crazy. The times are crazy. And when these women come to the tomb, they're met by an angel. Verse three, Matthew 23, and his, the appearance of the angel was like lightning, like, whoo, bright. His clothing was as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Those who were guarding the tomb of Jesus shook with fear. These were guards. They're supposed to, like, this is your job. Like, we give you one job to do, right? And like, and like it says, they became like dead men. They were completely just incapacitated because of fear. They were helpless. They were just frozen in their tracks. And the, verse five, and the angel said to, to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who has been crucified. I know why you're here. You're looking for that, that man, for Jesus who's been crucified. Verse six, which is like my favorite verse of the whole resurrection story. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he was lying. The angel says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has, been, has risen from the dead. Behold, he's going ahead of you into the Galilee, and there, will you see, there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So I leave that story. It's like, what an incredible, incredible story. But I noticed the phrase of, verse, of Matthew 28, 1, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. All four Gospels, again, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those, those they're, they, they run you know, concurrently. They're speaking about the life of Jesus Christ. And all four Gospels, every one of them, say that phrase on the first day of the week. 
what I find really significant and interesting. Because in it, in it, they, they record different elements of the, re, of, of the crucifixion and resurrection story, but all four of them say that on the first day of the week. And so my mind says, what's so significant about the first day of the week? Like, was there anything significant about that? Like, why, why, why? Was that just how things kind of played out? Like, that's just how it was? I mean, like, why wasn't he raised on Tuesday? Why wasn't he raised on Thursday? Why didn't he die like on Tuesday and then, and then like resurrected on like Thursday? Or, or, or maybe had he died on Thursday and then resurrected on Saturday, on the Saturday, Jewish Sabbath? That kind of makes sense, right? Like, like, is there any significance to that? And I want, I want to answer that question, but before I do, I want to say something just before I, I, I speak to that, that, that question. And I'll just say this, there is nothing more significant to your life and my life than the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you love Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if, if, if you like your desire is to honor him, there is nothing that is more significant to your faith than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of Christianity hinges on this point today. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, well, let me just read it. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 says, Paul said, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. You are sunk. Life is not looking really good for you or me, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, we are all just eternally damned, we're lost, life's over, like, like what do we do, right? I mean, that, 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 that's, that's the truth of this. There's nothing more significant. That is why, if you wanna do a really interesting study on your own, that is why the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most attested facts of all history. Amen. Let me say that again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most, I can nerd out on this, okay? And I'm gonna try not to do it. I was talking to Mary and she says, honey, I don't think that's probably, and I agree with that. I could really nerd out on this because it's so amazing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, one of the most attested facts of all history, not just church history, not just religious history, but of all secular history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, one of the most attested facts of all history. You can look to scripture, and I, I, we, we can go like apologetically and look at all of them and say, this is why it happened. But you can also take this book, the Bible, and lay it aside, and you will still come up with the fact that Jesus Christ, something happened. Something happened that was so significant that it altered the course of history. It's incredible, guys. It's amazing. We live in a world that's continually becoming more and more secularized. But, but, but even, even how we document time, we call it B.C. and A.D., right? B.C. stands for before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domino, that's exactly right, or at, in the year of our Lord, which is just amazing. The most vile of people today document time in the year of our Lord, <laughs> which is like, way to go, God, I love that, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It's 2023 in the year of our Lord. 
the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ so altered time and it so altered the course of humanity that we even document our time through it. The year of our Lord, the, and it was really the year that he was born. Incredible, incredible. But on the first day of the week, for years, in fact, for centuries upon centuries, the Jewish holy day was Saturday, and the Saturday was the Sabbath, the Jewish Sabbath. That's what people were accustomed to. But something happened that changed it from Saturday to Sunday. Anybody have any idea what that may have been on this Easter Sunday? <laughs> you guys are such incredible Bible scholars. You're awesome. <laughs> You're amazing. You know what happened? The resurrection of Jesus. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as you read through, well, Matthew 28, 1, Mark, Luke, John, on the first day of the week, 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 you read in the book of Acts, what happens is that the believers begin gathering together on the first day of the week, gathering together in worship. And you know what? As a church, as a church, we are proof that Jesus rose from the dead just because of the existence of the church after all these years. But not only that, but the very fact that we're worshiping on Sunday is proof. He's not dead, guys. He's alive. He's alive. Your attendance in this congregation today is proof, is proof he's alive. Because something dramatically changed. It changed. 2,000 years later, a significant proof of the resurrection is the fact that we're gathering together on Sunday, the first day of the week. It's all because of the resurrection. But again, let's get back to the original question. What is so significant about Jesus' resurrection being on Sunday? Why not Wednesday? Why not Friday? Why Sunday? As I've already mentioned, for centuries, the Jews gathered on Saturday. And so, the pattern of the Jews, their work week looked like this. Work, 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 work. <sighs> Let's rest. Let's do it again. Work, 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 work. <sighs> Let's rest. For six days they worked, and on the seventh day they what? They rested. I mean, God set that up at the very beginning. I mean, that was his plan. I want you to work these six days, and then when you're done working, I want you to rest. That's called the Sabbath, and that's, the Jews carried that out with, 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 with diligence. We're gonna work, we're gonna labor, we're gonna toil, and when Saturday arrives, because we've worked so hard, we can now whew, take a rest. This routine not only described their work ethic, and their work schedule, but also their relationship that they had with Jehovah God. It was do, 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 then we're gonna do, do, do again. Okay, and now we're gonna rest from our labors and from all of our religious obligations and duties and all these things. We're gonna adhere to the detail, every last detail of the law, and then this requirement of the law, and then after we've done all that, and then, ah, whew, okay, we can rest. It was their aim to align with the, every demand of the law and then this and every religious obligation and then every legalistic necessity and then after all that, then, then, okay, we can rest. Their faith was really based on working and striving and determining and purposing in order to honor the demands of the law to gain God's blessing and his favor. Look at all, the, look at all we've done. Look at how great we are. And that's where the Pharisees were. 
look at all that we've done. Look, at man, we're really something special. And they poked out their chest like, look at us. Man, we are really something good. God really loves us because of all that we've done and all that we are. That was the Pharisees. That, that, that's, that's what the law led, lent itself to. But as a result, nobody was able to be found righteous. Nobody. Because the Old Testament law, if you're not familiar, there's the, there's, there's, the Bible split up in two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament really is, 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 is the, 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 the arrival of Jesus Christ and everything that took place after that. The Old Testament is, is BC, it's before Christ. And all these Old Testament, all these the laws, it really couldn't make anybody righteous. Because, I mean, it told you everything. It told you, like, how far, that you, how many steps you could take on, sa- on the Sabbath day. You could only walk so many steps. It told you where you could go to the bathroom and where you couldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, like, it, got, it told everything. I mean, it was so detailed, but nobody could really could adhere to all those things. And so everybody fell short. But that all changed at the resurrection. Matthew chapter 5 Jesus said, he said, I didn't come to, like, let's get away with this. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to what? He came to fulfill the law so that you and I don't have to. And the fact, why, why, what's the significance about Sunday? The fact that Jesus was resurrected on Sunday speaks to the fact that we don't work towards rest we work from a place of rest. We don't work towards God's approval. We work from a place of God's approval. We don't work towards, I'm gonna work and do, I'm gonna try to gain God's favor and his approval and acceptance. We work from a place that God, through his son Jesus Christ, has already loved us and accepted us and looks upon us. That's the significance of the first day of the week. That we live Follow me, we live as believers from a place of rest and acceptance that God loves us. I'm not working, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and then maybe God's really gonna like me. No, when he arose on that first day of the week, he said, it's finished. It was a commercial term saying, it was to telestai, which means there's nothing more left to pay. The pay, that your debt is paid in full. You don't have to adhere to all these Old Testament things. You don't have to do all that. Your debt is paid in full. Welcome into the beloved. Welcome into the family. You are loved. You're part of the family. That's what he's calling us to. What that means is that we're able to to rest in the finished work of Christ. There's nothing more that we can add to it. There's nothing more that we can add to the work of Christ except by faith to walk and to live in it because it's all been provided for us. Give somebody a high five, just, 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 just for, for my sake. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. Like, I don't, I'm not really sure to get it. Let, 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 let me just say it, because this, you know, I'm like, how, how, Lord, I love this thought, Lord, how do you help me to communicate it? So let me, let me just, I don't know where you fall today, but let me just say this. If your soul is weary from trying to find meaning and purpose in life, I want you to know it's not Friday, it's Sunday. The work has been done. There's rest for your soul because your future is fully known by creator God and by his son, Jesus Christ. If your soul is weary from the shame and guilt of your past, 
and because of the decisions that you made, and you look into the rearview mirror of your life, and you're like, man, man, I'm such a loser. Man, I've made so many terrible mistakes. I want you to know today, it's not Friday, it's Sunday. What that means is this, that the price for your complete forgiveness has already been paid in Jesus Christ. You are forgiven completely. If you're emotionally fatigued from the overwhelming thoughts of self-doubt and personal insecurities, can I tell you something? It's Sunday. It's Sunday. In our weaknesses, we are strong because if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, he's gonna give life to our mortal bodies and that spirit abides within us. If you're exhausted from the daily struggles of an addiction, can I just tell you, it's not Friday. It's not Friday, it's Sunday. And Jesus has already done everything necessary to grant to you freedom that you so desperately look for. He's already done it, it's already completed, it's Sunday, it's finished. To tell us that, it's finished, it's done. If you're in need of physical healing, emotional healing, or mental healing, can I just tell you today, guess what day it is? <laughs> it's Sunday, you know where I'm going. <laughs> you're welcome to preach this sermon. The price for your healing has been completely paid through the death, death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By faith, we say, God, we accept it and we want to walk in that. If your soul has been broken because of the loss of a loved one, can I tell you, it's Sunday. There is hope for you today because just as God raised Jesus from the dead, as, as Romans says, so too will he raise our loved ones with him together at the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's Sunday. If your soul is weary because you feel like you have, have to work so hard to gain the approval of the Father, it's Sunday. <clears throat> there is rest in knowing that he loves you right where you're at and he loves you unconditionally. Maybe your soul is weary because of the battle that you're presently living in, facing. Can I just tell you, it's Sunday. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and he was, didn't stay there, he was resurrected. It's Sunday and that... The benefit, the work that he did is for every one of us. It's Sunday, <clears throat> it's Sunday, it's Sunday. And the price for our peace and our freedom has been paid. One last thought, Luke 24 records that when the women approached the tomb that the angel responded to them and said, why do you seek the living among the dead? I love that, I've, I've, been, I've always been captivated by that. When they get there, the angel says, why are you, we're looking for Jesus. He says, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And I think that's such a telling, telling phrase. Because I wonder how many of us do that. Rather than looking to the resurrected Christ, we look to solutions to our own problems through dead things. We look to human solutions to fulfill the deepest desires of our life. We look to our own works and our own initiative to meet the deepest longings that our heart really longs for rather than saying, God, thank you, God. I'm looking to you, to the living one. We look to these dead things. We look to our works, our own initiative to meet the deepest longings. We search for life and joy and contentment and fulfillment in money or in, in, in jobs, in, in promotions and raises and in reputation and job status and, and in entertainment and hobbies and alcohol or drugs or illicit relationships. We seek for life. Why are you looking for the, for the living among the dead? Like You're never gonna find it in all those dead things. And so we look for living among the living, 
And that's the person of Jesus Christ. Because he's not dead, he's alive. As I think of that today, what does that mean to us? That means for every one of us, there is such incredible, incredible hope today. Whatever it is that you're facing, there's hope today. Not because of anything that I've done and nothing that a church has done, but because of all that Jesus did and his father when he raised him from the dead. That gives us hope. And so I'm gonna ask Jordan and the band, if you guys would come uh, just to the front, begin to play that song that we, uh, we concluded with. I just, man, I just, I, I want you to know today that God loves you. A long time ago, we used to sing a song, and I'm sure some of you will know this song, but the song said, it is no secret what God can do. How many know that song? All right, a lot of it. What he's done for others, he can, he can do for you. With arms wide open, he'll welcome you. He'll pardon you. It's no secret what God can do. Can I tell you something? What God did for these two people that stood up today through these baptisms, can I tell you something? What he did for them, he can do for you. His son Jesus was completely, God's son was completely dead. He couldn't fog a mirror. He couldn't move. I mean, he was just completely just dead. And God the Father came down and resurrected him. And you say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm just dead. I just feel like I'm just like, I don't know the solution to the situation I'm facing. And if we open up our heart and say, God, I'm, I'm opening up my heart and my life to you, there's something that takes place. He comes in through faith and he can be, bring a change that nothing and no one else can make a change in. Can we do this today? Can we just bow our heads, please, if we can, just to, and close our eyes today? Thank you, Father. I just want you to know today that God loves you. He loves you. We have hope today. And it's not because of the church. I mean, like God uses the church, but it's the, the source in all of it is because of the resurrected power of Christ that he loves to pour through the church. But he loves you guys. He loves you so much. There is hope today. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not Friday, it's Sunday. The devil wants to think he won. The devil wants to think, look look at that blow I dealt him. Look, look, look at, man, I've, I've crucified him, man. I've mangled him. I've brutally beaten him, man. It's over. Like, you're done. Your life is done. But can I tell you something? That may be true, but, but as far as, far as what, what Satan has done, but it, your life is not over. There is hope today in Jesus Christ because he loves you today. And it's Sunday, figuratively and literally. It's Sunday. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, if you've never put your trust in him, then I would encourage you to do so today. <coughs> I'm not gonna have you march to the front today. What I'd love to do is just simply pray a prayer for you today and, and literally lead you in a prayer. It's a prayer of dedication. It's a prayer of repentance. It's just a prayer of confession. It's a prayer of surrender. It says, God, here I am and I'm gonna give you my life. And so I'm just, I'm just wondering today, when anybody today, you just raise your hand and say, I wanna accept Jesus Christ into my life. I wanna start living my life for him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down when you're done. Thank you so much. New, many, many hands today. Man, it's so exciting, guys. 
your life will never be the same. As a pastor, I've prayed all kinds of prayers, weddings, funerals, dedication, open houses. But the greatest prayer I prayed when I was a child, I said, Jesus, come into my life. That changed things more than anything else. Just a prayer dedicating my life to Jesus Christ because he cares about you and he loves you. I want us to do this today, all of us together. Can we just pray this prayer out loud? Let's say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I need you. Forgive me of my sin and my rebellion. Come into my life and make me a brand new person. In Jesus' name, I wanna live for you from this moment on for the rest of my life. I'm all in, I'm all yours, amen. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, God, thank you, God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.